I don't know if the actual definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't know if that's insanity, but I do know it's ineffective. And in this moment that we're in, where yet another white supremacist has targeted another group of black folk who were unsuspecting, slaughtering grandmothers and elders and fathers and parents and siblings and others. All I know is we have to do something different. Of course, we're not to blame for him or for Dylan Roof or any of this. But we continue to primarily respond in the same way and almost nothing changes. I'm just going to brainstorm here and share two or three very fresh ideas on what I think we can do differently. Just forgive me if anything offends you. I'm just thinking out loud on today's episode as we work with families and others who are in a deep state of shock and grief at this white supremacist terrorist attack in Buffalo, New York. Love you all. This is Sean King, and you're listening to the, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Today is one of those days where the, the pain of the weekend has caught up with me. And I'm just speaking very honestly and transparently. For most of my life, I have helped people through their most painful moments. As many of you may or may not know, I was a pastor for many years and led families through grief and loss and despair. I've done international relief work in some of the most difficult, trying circumstances and situations. And over the past 10 years, I've walked hundreds of families through what it means to lose your most precious loved one to police violence or racial injustice. And what tends to happen is I am able and those who I work with are able to get through those initial moments. And then in many ways, the the shock and pain and ugliness of it, it begins to catch up with you when you finally are able to just sit down for a moment. And I'm just sharing today some raw thoughts that that are just on my mind. And and the, the crux of what is driving me today is the reality that as it stands, nothing is going to change. Like, as it stands right now, No city, no county, no state, and the federal government is not doing anything substantively different that is going to protect black people from future assaults like this, from white supremacist terror. There's nothing different. And that's not okay. Uh, We should not accept it. And, And it causes, I had... 
literally just got off a phone call with someone telling me, Sean, my whole family is just has huge anxiety over this. And and I told him, I said, well, listen, my family does, too. You know, like this causes everybody, everybody black to feel very unsafe. And that's the point of terror. The point of terror is for it to reverberate beyond the people that were killed. Because, you know, and I know that we had no idea this was about to happen in Buffalo, just like they had no idea in a beautiful church in Charleston, South Carolina. They had no idea that that was about to happen. But what we know is that someone else will have no idea. And then someone else will have no idea. And then someone else and someone else. And that alone is a terrifying thought. And I want to give two very different streams of thought some attention just for a few minutes. First, 99% of you who are listening to me right now, you are taxpayers. You pay taxes anytime you buy something in America, be it at at the store, at the pump, anywhere. You pay taxes there. And when you are working and employed, you pay local, state, and federal taxes there. We are taxpayers. We pay billions trillions of dollars in taxes all over this country. And that gives us the power to, and we're voters and, and most of you are taxpayers, voters, and donors to political campaigns and organizations. And, and that trio saying, hey, I pay taxes, therefore I should have a say in what my government does. We need to demand that local governments in every city in America have a plan for what they are going to actively do about white supremacy in their city. We need to have plans state by state on what states will do to investigate it and hold them accountable and prevent white supremacist attacks. So every city, every city council, every mayor, every prosecutor, and every police department needs to explain what the current plan is. And then we need to drastically expand that plan because what we have right now is nothing. And don't let anybody lie to you. There is no real plan in play right now. Nothing. Nothing functional. Nothing that's actually working. And anybody that says otherwise is lying. What we know right now is that white supremacists are able to basically plan and enact and enforce whatever they feel like. And we need city governments, county governments, and state governments, and federal governments to do two things. Explain whatever plans are currently in place. Show us your budget and show us your staff. And then we need to be at the table to drastically expand those plans. On the city level, I don't care what city you live in. On the county level, on the state level, and on the federal level. 
show us your staff, show us your plans, show us your budget, and then put us at the table so that we can radically expand and improve those plans because we are taxpayers and you are doing nothing to protect us. Anybody saying otherwise is full of shit, period. We need to do that with Democrats, Republicans, and everybody in between. We need to have a real serious conversation about this. Now, that's one stream of what we need to do with elected officials on the local level in your city, in your county, in your state, and with our federal government. Then secondly, we need to think about what can we do to prevent this from happening in the future? The first part is very important that I just explained, and that's way more complicated than the three minutes that I gave it. But I'm also thinking about what can we do to prevent this? Now, the white supremacist that attacked this Topps grocery store in Buffalo pulled up in his car with his AR-15 and began shooting virtually immediately. I've, I've watched the video. Some of you have watched the video. He began killing people in the parking lot within a second of getting out of the car. And there was nothing those people could have done. As soon as he gets into the grocery store, he begins shooting as well. Nothing that could happen. Now, there was an experienced, skilled security guard in the store who had 30 years of experience in law enforcement and gun training. And he immediately shot this man. And the man had on full body armor and immediately fired back with his AR-15 and killed the security guard, a beloved man, loved and respected by the community. So they had they had an armed, trained, skilled man there. But it is hard for anybody to be able to stop someone in body armor with an AR-15. What else could possibly have been done? I do think we are at the point where we do need to be more suspicious in in both cases uh in Charleston and here in Buffalo there were white men who came who did not who truly did not belong but the general good-natured personality and affect and ethic of black folk accepted the presence of of these young white people young white men who did not actually belong an owner of a barbershop there in Buffalo said he saw this white supremacist who, who he just, he did not know who he was. He saw them there for a week. Now, what we know is if someone black showed up casing another shopping center out for a week, somebody probably would have intervened if it was a predominantly white shopping center I don't know. That's no critique of the barber or anybody else. But we need as black leaders, black entrepreneurs, 
We need actual security plans that are preventative. So this is me thinking out loud. In the future, for our shopping centers, for our churches, it was said that he planned on going to a predominantly black elementary school. This is actually in his quote-unquote manifesto. And police said he planned on going to the rest of the community also after he attacked the grocery store. He, he chose the grocery store in part because he felt like it would have the highest density volume of black people for him to kill. But he had actually planned on going to a, a predominantly black elementary school. Heaven forbid. All of us need really robust security plans that aren't just active shooter plans, but also security plans that consider how to prevent, how to identify threats before they happen, how to, how to identify people who could be threatening before they enact their plans and how to intervene and stop them. So in the future, if somebody that we think we might not be able to trust shows up, we need to be able to say to them and, and, be, and have someone prepared, someone skilled do this, sir, you're actually not a familiar person with us. We just need to understand what your intentions are. And this is actually a private, a private business or a private gathering or a private event. And, you know, at this moment, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Or it could also be, you know, sir, we're going to have to send you through this uh, metal detector. Please take all your stuff off, put it in, put it through this, through this system. We need to be able to identify people who we think are suspicious and intervene when we can. I think the beautiful thing about black people throughout history is this idea of being welcoming and supportive to people. We need to dial that back some, and we do need to raise our suspicion level of the possibility of people and threats. So a lot of churches and mosques already have security plans, but we need to have a security plan for our shopping centers. We need to have a security plan for our schools and communities that everybody is familiar with. One of the things that broke my heart about this active shooting is when people heard shots fired, they did what I have generally heard people be told to do. They got on the ground. And what happened was the shooter just roamed the store and found people on the ground and shot them. And I think we need to have a plan of action of what to do in an active shooting incident, in a store, in a church, in a school, in a business. Our people were not prepared for something like that. And these were predominantly our grandmothers and elders who were just out shopping. I'm a combination of 
in this very moment, I'm a combination of so angry I could scream and so sad I could cry that this man targeted grandmothers and elders and who who had no risk to this man in any way. It's the whole thing is dumb. We need to have a we need to have better training plans for our people. We need to be able to lobby our local, state, and federal government, but we need to think inside of our own communities. What can we do? How can we be prepared in the case of something like this happening? Now, I'll close with this. When someone shows up with an AR-15 and body armor, everybody is in grave danger. And that is the state of America. So sometimes something could be so horrible that damn near everybody is going to experience harm. It does not mean that there aren't ways for us to respond and prepare. And um, this is an incredibly painful moment. I'm going to try to give us some ways that we can donate and support. We're waiting to verify the, the sources and opportunities, but let's be ready to put, uh, to put money and support and donations behind these families who are really going to need the support. Love, 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 and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mom.